Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. It's our annual CHML Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon in support of the CHML Children's Fund. And we're highlighting numerous local organizations who assist children and youth in the Hamilton area. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. It is a special day here on CHML. It's the Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon, all in support of the CHML Children's Fund. And we are pleased to shine a spotlight on another amazing organization, that being City Kids. And Laura Carmichael is the Associate Executive Director at City Kids. Laura, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. What is happening these days at City Kids? There is so much wonderful stuff happening at City Kids. We are right in the middle of our Gift of Christmas campaign, where we are hoping to deliver over 2,000 toys to children in Hamilton. Tell us about that campaign, how it was born, and how it has grown since year number one. You know, it really started with this desire, as is the case with all things at City Kids, for every single child to know that they are seen, that they are loved, that they are remembered, and that they are special. And so Christmas is, of course, an exciting time for children. And years ago, probably 15 years ago, it started as just a small, we're going to give each child a note and some candy. And over time developed into really wanting to speak the language of a child, which often is toys, and being able to show up at their house with a personally selected gift coming from a person that they have a relationship with that's been developed over the course of a year. So that through that gift, they understand that they are seen, known, remembered, and special. And so from that to what we have today in helping you know, about 2,000 kids in our community, it speaks to obviously the commitments that you and the folks at City Kids have to that program. But not only that, residents uh, in our community who are, you know, at this time of the year, really every every point of the year, really in a giving mood. And, you know, volunteers. Without volunteers, you know, these sorts of initiatives don't happen either. So this is a uh, a total team effort. It's completely a team effort. We will probably have hundreds of volunteers over the course of the Christmas season. That's on top of the hundreds of volunteers who, who support City Kids throughout the year, as well as the incredible generosity of the Hamilton community through giving toys and funds as well. How many kids utilize City Kids these days? And, and has that number fluctuated uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have about 1,200 to 1,500 children and youth. So that would be between the ages of 3 to 17 who are a part of City Kids, as well as some siblings who are receiving some of the meal kits um, when we go to visit them at their houses. And we have seen children actually increase in registration through the pandemic as we've been able to be more present in their communities, providing more food and opportunities for them to connect with us. So you mentioned uh, kids age 3 to 17. When people are donating gifts, they, they have to keep that in mind because something that a 3- or a 5-year-old's kid would want or want to uh, you know, be associated with, play with, whatever the case is, is very much different than those who are 15, 16, 17. Absolutely. I don't know how many of our older kids would want uh, the little toys. So <laughs> we definitely have needs for each age group, and we receive the most toys for our little kids so really the greatest need if someone wants to donate is for our older kids. So what should they be donating? What are you looking for in, in that age group? We would be looking for things such as hair straighteners, curling irons, some of the more sophisticated art sets and craft supplies for our older kids, 
as well as um, Nerf products and Lego sets. Laura Carmichael is our guest. She is the Associate Executive Director at City Kids. Uh, they've launched their Gift of Christmas campaign, which is uh, going to reach uh, hundreds of uh, stu- uh, hundreds of kids in our community this holiday season. Uh, the CHML Children's Fund and the Christmas Tree of Hope campaign, how has that helped City Kids over the years? It's a pivotal part. Like I said, it takes the whole community to really accomplish this. It's definitely not something we could do on our own. And so through the financial donations and the support of getting the word out into the community, you're really able to partner with us so that more people in Hamilton are invited to be part of Delivering Gift of Christmas. And this year, even the financial donation of several thousands of dollars helps to create this Christmas experience, which is more than the toy. It is the toy. It's the meal that they're getting. It is the family gift as well as a Christmas Eve show. Um, So all of that comes together and the support is absolutely pivotal. Uh, We're obviously asking our listeners to donate to the Christmas Tree of Hope campaign that helps the Children's Fund. If they do want to have a gift in mind for the Gift of Christmas campaign at City Kids, how can they go about making a donation? That would be wonderful. If they wanted to do that, they could go to our website, which is citykids.ca and kids is spelled with a Z. And on there, they can make an appointment to drop off toys right at our building here in Hamilton on Burlington Street, or there's also toy drives across the city where they could drop a toy off. It's an amazing initiative from an outstanding organization in our city. Laura, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. Thanks so much. That again is Laura Carmichael, Associate Executive Director at City Kids. You can check them out online and you can donate while you're online at 900chml.com through paypal or canadahelps.org visit any hamilton area tandia or text the word donate you can donate 25 or five dollars text the word donate to 30333 that's 30333 you're listening to the good morning hamilton podcast from 900 chml if you are naughty i'm sure you'll still get a gift i mean it depends on how naughty you are if you're nice oh You will definitely be getting something. All thanks to the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon and the Children's Fund because there are a number of amazing agencies in and around town that uh, not only benefit from the funds but do some incredible work in our community. And one in particular does uh, Herculean efforts in terms of helping families and children, and that is Hamilton Food Chair. And joining us is Joanne Santucci from Hamilton Food Chair. Joanne, good morning. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. It's starting. <laughs> De- December's I here. Christmas, I can't wait for this interview. It's a kickoff to the Christmas <laughs> season. Honest to God. I'm so excited about it. December's here. It, it's it's come faster than I think many of us realized. Christmas is right around the corner. Okay. So is this an extra busy time for Hamilton Food Chair? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is so busy. You know, um, this year, we know about 9,000 households will reach out because they just don't have enough this Christmas season. Attached to those 9,000 households is approximately 25,000 people. So, yes, we're very busy. We have been so busy. The community has been so wonderful. Sending in donations. We've been buying food on top of food on top of food. So we're still, we got a push left to go for about two and a half weeks. We're almost there. We're halfway there. So we are so excited, uh, and, and i got to tell you, Rick, our community is the most unbelievably generous community. I go travel across the province, and everybody says, what's going on in Hamilton? Because we are so engaged in helping our neighbors. So when I come and do this interview, it is the kickoff to the Christmas season. It's to let our community know we're out there, we're there if you can help great if you can't have a wonderful holiday you know also too christmas really isn't a holiday 
it's really an experience, isn't it? That experience you feel when your family comes over, your friends are coming over, you give your kids little gifts, there's trees. I don't think that should be out of risk for Hamiltonian. So that's what we're doing. We're really busy out there trying to uh, um, find the foodstuffs enough to fill those 9,000 hampers. You're, you're exactly right that it is experience, and it's something that we didn't, uh, we weren't able to do at least uh, as as per normal last year because of the pandemic. How has the pandemic thrown a wrench into what you do, or, or has it? You know, we've been kind of steady even, but I'm telling you how you do business has changed, just like every other business, right? You still have to do the, the distancing. You still have to figure out how to get everybody in and out without all of the restrictions being violated. So it's a difficult task, but the front line of the Emergency Food Network are most unbelievable Hamiltonians. So they don't let any restrictions, they don't let anything stop us from this holiday. We need this holiday so much. You know, we need to sit down with whatever percentage we can of our own family in our own home. We need that connection more so than ever. So we are so committed uh, to doing this, and it's not, you can't do it without partners like you, Rick, like, like everybody who contributes to that caring of our neighbors, especially at this time of year. What items, when it comes to Hamilton Food Share, what items are most in need right now? I know you've said that, you know, um, uh, monetary donations are really important because you can stretch the, that, that money. Uh, but in terms of food items, if people are dropping things off, what, what do you need the most? Well, usually we would ask you to think about what would you like for your Christmas dinner and donate that. You know what I mean? There's vegetables or donate a turkey to your local food bank. Um, go maybe volunteer and help put some of those hampers together. Uh, food Share has been sending pallets and pallets of food into our community for our food banks to actually assemble these as they go along. Give a gift of time if you have no money or, or if you think things are tight, if you don't want to go buy food and you want to do something personal, give your local food bank a call. I'm sure they'd love to have you over. Now, again, everybody's following restricted volunteerism. So it's very, very, uh, that's making it a little difficult too this year because it is a whole league of volunteers that come to bear in every food bank and 23 hunger relief programs we have set up across the city. So that will be a little tight. I'm not sure about the time. So uh, if you can spend your time, you're going to have to call ahead, but I'm sure they're going to need some help in some capacity. You just got to call them and ask, what can we do? Um, regarding monetary donations, obviously we're asking our listeners to donate to the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign, but uh, Hamilton Food Share is also having a holiday food drive. Talk about that. Well, the holiday food drive goes on every year, but what we're asking people to do is if you're able, because we know that things are really tight after this whole year, so if you're able, the food drive is on. It could be virtual. Give a dollar donation over the phone. Uh, we also have at our bay, at our warehouse, we have an outside drop-off location. You want to drop some food off? Just give us a call. Let us know you're going to be there. And by the time you show up, just ring a bell and we'll come out and we'll grab that. So there's so many ways you can contribute this year. So the, the food drive's on. Uh, we're right up until December 24th, around noon. And we are going to be hard at it up until then to make sure whoever reaches out, there will be something there for everyone. We have one more minute with Joanne Santucci from Hamilton Food Share. There's a new pilot project in Hamilton regarding free menstrual products. How big of a plus is this going to be? Oh, man, it is so huge. Like, we've been trying to get this off the ground for a year and a half, and the city finally said, it's time, let's go. So they're an amazing partner in this process. You know, it's a basic need just like everything else. The food banks are, are, are there because the basic needs aren't met for certain people in our community. Uh, this is one of those needs. It's a health issue, and we plan to make period poverty just 
eradicated from the face of the earth in Hamilton. So the city is helping us put it on. We're also going to be looking at different sponsorships and community people to help support that. And we're going to make sure there's a, a, an amount of product in that system on an ongoing basis. And it actually the, uh, uh, the gentleman, uh, uh, Darren Slumko from uh, uh, Ten Sanitation, also said to us, this is what we're hoping to do when we donate product. We just want to give peace of mind to those who come to the food bank. They have enough worries. You can check out more information at HamiltonFoodShare.org. Joanne, always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas and good luck at Hamilton Food Merry Share Christmas. this December. And, and thank you so much for your support. We're out there, everyone. Come on out and see us. You got it. Thank you, Joanne. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Another great organization is Dare to Be Youth, a grassroots organization that works to empower youth in Hamilton and Halton through mentorship and leadership initiatives. And the Director of Development at Dare to Be Youth is Drew Simon. And Drew joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, Rick. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Thanks for coming on today. Maybe give us a little more information about Dare to Be Youth and what you guys are all about. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our organization really uh, underwent a big change at the beginning of the pandemic, recognizing a need for, you know, more support for students in Hamilton, Halton and and the GTA um, who were really feeling, you know, disconnected from their social networks because of school closures and, you know, a lack of extracurriculars. And, you know, there was a real need for support because we're seeing some challenges with mental wellness emerge amongst young people in our area. So uh, we saw a need to launch some really impactful and cool programs to help youth, you know, reconnect with uh, communities and like-minded peers to build uh, important life skills around resilience uh, and self-esteem and to really just, you know, get the support that they need. And and so that's kind of, we, we saw a really important void and we uh, looked to help fill that. Um, and uh, we we're so grateful to actually get the support of the CHML Children's Fund recently for our Youth Inspired Community Day, which uh, took place on November 18th, where we had hundreds of uh, young students join us from uh, across the, the country, really, for a a day of inspiration and, and engaging activities to help them build these skills and to have an opportunity to reconnect with the community after, you know, really not being able to do so for quite a while. What was the common denominator from the youth that you, um, you know, were, were, were dealing with during the pandemic? Was it just the isolation standpoint? They weren't able to do their, their normal routine? I think so. And I think, you know, at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, a lot of it was, you know, that, I, I feel isolated. I feel lonely. And I think as it's gone on, it's it's almost shifted in a sense to, to, you know, like we need hope, right? We need some inspiration that we'll get through this because it's been going on for so long, right? And so, you know, I think our, our recent event was really to help give that inspiration and hope. So this uh, Dare to Be Youth is all about leadership, mentorship. What are individuals who are, I guess, enrolled in this program uh, or attending these um, uh, seminars or sessions or meetings or Zoom calls, I would imagine, what, what, are, yeah. they, what are they learning? Yeah, so, uh, so we have some, some specific learning outcomes that we designed to help uh, with the support of our staff, which, you know, come from a variety of different backgrounds, including, you know, psychology and social work backgrounds and those sorts of things and education backgrounds. And so our core focuses are really on uh, building resilience in youth, building coping schemes, uh, sorry, coping skills, self-esteem, um, and also helping them uh, find ways to reconnect with their communities. And so by participating in our programs at the end, they'll hopefully strengthen those areas so that they feel more confident, more 
reassured and, and have those coping skills to help them get through these, you know, this adversity that we're facing. We're chatting with Drew Simon, Director of Developments from Dare to Be Youth here on Good Morning Hamilton. It is the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon edition of GMH. You serve an age group that ranges from 14 to 24. Is this an underserved age bracket? I, I think so. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of great programs out there for youth. Um, definitely, I think they often focus, you know, more on the kind of direct, you know, mental health support and those sorts of things. But you know, oftentimes too, there's a need to build, you know, some of those uh, important life skills and, and coping skills to help, you know, youth and students really really thrive. And I think that we fill an important need there in in uh, cohesion with a lot of other great organizations filling other important needs in our community. You mentioned the Children's Fund uh, helped uh, the uh, Community Day last month. How did that day go? What kind of feedback did you get from uh, the young adults that attended? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. We had uh, over 300 uh, students, uh, high school students from across uh, the country attend. A lot of great opportunities. We had some great speakers, uh, including uh, Miranda Yim, who is a three-time Olympian and you know, co-flag bearer for Canada, and that was thanks to the RBC Olympian program. Uh, we had some other great community leaders. So there's some really cool engaging opportunities for youth to really kind of reflect on you know, resilience and how to overcome adversity. And, and the feedback was astounding. Um, just some amazing uh, quotes from students and, and thanks uh, from those who participated and felt that it gave them kind of some inspiration that they really needed right now during this time. That's great to hear. Continued success at Dare to Be Youth. Drew, thanks for the time today. Uh, Merry Christmas and enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much, Rick. Merry Christmas and have a great weekend. That's Drew Simon, Director of Development at Dare to Be Youth. You can find more information on their website, www.dtby.ca. That's dtby.ca. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We are going to spend a little bit of time with our next guest here, Karen Craig from Living Rock. Karen, good morning. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. This is awesome. This is a great annual Christmas event for me, so I'm thrilled to be here. For more than 35 years now, Living Rock Youth Ministries yeah. has provided programs uh, and services to help local youth in need. Where has the time gone? Oh, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> we're so excited about what's happening at The Rock. So we just were, when pandemic happened, we just rolled with it, and we have been serving youth um, all the way through. And we're open seven days a week with the support of our city. We've been able to, our drop-in, Oasis Coffeehouse is open one to four, seven days a week. But we have weekend programming and just all the way through. And it's been um, just awesome to be able to serve youth in the downtown from all over the city of Hamilton that frequent our course. So it's been wonderful. Living Rock does so many amazing things. If you can boil it all down in a nutshell, how would you describe Living Rock? (laughs) Well... Um, it's an incredible center, but we, it's bigger than these two incredible buildings that we have down at Wilson and Houston. Um, it's, it's definitely an outreach place. It's a safe refuge place for youth. I think one of our big themes for sure is employment too. So we really care about youth getting a vision and direction for their lives and finding out their skills and interests and really building on that. That's a big theme for us. So, um, we have rock resources, work crews where youth are getting involved in work, earning and, through work and earning through learning, whatever that is. And we also have uh, TriRock, which is our full-time employment program that's been going since 2001. And we are looking for candidates, youth that are interested in really, you know, getting work ready 
Um, in phase one, they're doing eight weeks of employment training, and then they do uh, 10 weeks within community employers. So, I mean, I think there are youth that really need supported employment. I mean, there is some entry-level jobs out there, but it's whether they're ready to ready to go. And I think, you know, because of isolation and stuff, some of the youth are really, you know, experiencing anxiety and really struggling getting moving. Um, we know there's a whole group of youth called NEAT youth, which are not in employment, education, and training. Those are youth that are just struggling in that transition into adulthood. So it's really an important, um, very important program, and we're seeing youth um, getting some incredible work and retaining work and uh, also getting credits for work as well. So some of them are finishing their education, getting a $500 bonus at the end of their 10 weeks of employment, um, with an employer and being retained in positions, which is so important. So I, I think, you know, youth just getting a vision and direction for their lives is really our theme. So, yeah. The pandemic has certainly created a massive ripple effect for, you know, in all corners of our life, in, in particular youth with the isolation, the physical distancing, um, you know, especially in the school landscape. Have you noticed a difference with youth during the pandemic? You mentioned anxiety. Is, is that just the tip of the iceberg? Absolutely, I think yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, but it's uh, but it's so that's why I think it's so important that we have these programs. You know, and then we just really love to also have fun with the youth. So we're going into uh, we're doing our twelve days of Christmas um, this year, and we're collecting together. We're, we're, we want to have five hundred baskets ready. We also um, have a van that's just been wrapped. So look for this amazing van driving around the city. We're dropping off regularly food to 200, over 275 youth uh, twice a month. We've got food. So we've got our food bank at the Rock, but we also are delivering food. And I think that's a difference, too. We supported the youth in being able to self-isolate. And so these baskets are going to be going out. They're like a lot. Uh, we're collecting laundry baskets, um, brand new laundry baskets. With, of course, we want to have winter warm-up stuff in it. We want to have gift cards. Um, $25 gift cards like Walmart, Giant Tiger, the youth love Tim Hortons, um, all those kinds of gift cards and, you know, hot chocolate and warm-ups and socks and earbuds and anything you can put in there. If you want to help us, um, that's um, going to be a really exciting. We want the youth to have fun um, in everything we do. We've been giving out newsletters with messages of hope to, hope to them. Um, so we really... All the way through this, we've really wanted also the youth to feel really cared about, um, really welcome at the Rock, and just um, you know really make them feel uh, cared about in this time. So we're, we're chatting with uh, Karen Craig from Living Rock, and you can help uh, Living Rock and the CHML Children's Fund at the same time by texting the word "donate" to three zero three three three. That's donate to three zero triple three. One of the things that I think many people think about when they think of Living Rock is Soup Fest. And last year, or actually earlier <laughs> yeah. this year, you had to pivot and uh, because of the pandemic and, and uh, offer a new spin on Soup Fest. Um, next year, February twenty twenty two. What's the plan? Well, we are going moving forward. We're going to be doing it. Um, let's see, here are the dates. So we're we're lined up with Winterfest. So February third to February twenty first, you can go to restaurants. So restaurants are entering now and registering. And uh, so we're going to we're going to highlight. Uh, Julie said to me yesterday, like the big theme really is just really honoring our restaurants and having soup. So you just you're going to be going to the restaurants um, again this year, which uh, we just really want to. Just keep, not lose momentum on Soup Fest. I mean, we can't wait till we can gather together again for it. But 
um, I had a great time last year. I mean, I went to a restaurant on Lock Street and, um, you know, I met a bunch of people who said, oh, we've done our Dundas area. And, <laughs> you know, they've gone to Thirsty Cactus, all the groups out there. And now we're, you know, here we are on Lock Street. So people really got involved and really hit our restaurants during Winterfest. You can buy individual servings at some. Some are also selling, you know, um, larger containers that you can take home with the whole family so you can now eat you know eat in or also um take soup home so soup fest is continuing and i love that we line up with with winter fest we always have and so that's going to be a really fun time of just buying soup and honoring our restaurants at this time it's so important that's a great that's a great pairing definitely karen really appreciate the time today thanks for joining us merry christmas enjoy your weekend as well Thank you so much and so much. Thank you so much for the Christmas tree of hope. It's awesome. Thank you. Karen Craig from Living Rock. You can find out more details online at livingrock.ca. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The Canusa Games, a long-standing, friendly sports competition between Hamilton and Flint, Michigan, and it continues to ignite new friendships among competitors in each of those two communities. And here to talk about Canusa is the president of Canusa Games, Hamilton, Greg Mills. Greg, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm good. How are you today? I'm fantastic. How are things at Canusa these days? Well, things are good. Uh, we just finished up with our AGM last week, actually. Uh, so we're still having meetings, even though it's uh, the down part of the year for us. So what are involved in these meetings? Is it all planning ahead to 2022? It is. It is. As you know, we've been uh, kind of uh, it's been a weird couple years for us. Uh, we actually missed a year two years ago, and we had a virtual games this past year. Um, so the planning has involved actually getting back together for the year uh, 2023. So let's talk about, obviously, 2020 did not happen because we were in the midst of the pandemic. There were lockdowns. The border was closed. Neither uh, you know, participating team, whether it was Hamilton or Flint, could cross the border. Uh, this past summer, it was a virtual Canusa Games. How did the virtual games work? They went pretty well. We were able to get five sports together, um, competed on both sides of the border, and we were able to do that virtually through Zoom meetings and uh, in other virtual platforms uh, that we could kind of run the competitions at the same time and, uh, you know, and compare scores and times and, and things like that. So what sports were participated virtually and, and how did that work? Well, we did swimming, we did darts, we did skeet shooting, uh, track and field and hockey. Um, I think hockey was probably uh the greatest success we were able to put together uh, a whole lot of skills competitions in the weeks leading up to the game the weekend of the games and then um, a, a real nice video was posted of all the athletes on both sides competing um, swimming they were able to run simultaneously and they compared times uh, skeet shoot di- skeet did the same um, I know bowling was able to run tournaments on both sides and they had Zoom meetings open and they were able to actually see each other bowling so it it, it went it went really well just looking, everything considered yeah that definitely i mean it's it's uh, <laughs> you know it's tough putting on a games putting on a virtual games is even tougher because you know you're in two different communities you're relying on technology it's uh, it, it's amazing that it went down the way it did yeah it it, it definitely had its hiccups we had a couple 
hit a couple speed bumps along the way <laughs> simply because it was so new. We're used to kind of running the games the same every year in person. We run the same process every year. So this was this was new, uh, but but it seemed to work out fairly well. If, for whatever reason, it had to go virtual again next summer, would you consider adding more sports? Is that feasible? If we could figure out how to actually make the competitions um, worthwhile, some of the sports that we play, uh, such as soccer and baseball and basketball and volleyball, we couldn't really figure out a way to um, to make that happen uh, virtually, like simultaneously at the same at the same year, just because of the nature of the sport. Um, hockey, as successful as it was, was really just a skills competition that we put together. Uh, but skeet shooting and, and the swimming and the darts seemed to lend itself to to running competitions at the same time in different locations. So we would look at other sports. I, I don't know how, uh, without any new ideas, we I don't know how we would do that, but we're definitely looking at that. We're chatting with Greg Mills, president of Canusa Games Hamilton, here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. It is the Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon on the radio station, and you can give where you live and help organizations like Canusa by texting the word DONATE to 30333. What was the feedback from coaches and athletes, more importantly, after this virtual event? Uh, well, the athletes were kind of scratching to get out of the houses and, and whatnot, <laughs> so they were they were itching to do something. Um, so I think it, it it worked fairly well for them. Uh, and coaches would always like to get together. However, they you know they were happy to put something on for us. So it was it was nice in that sense. The money raised throughout uh, the year during the uh, CHML Children's Fund, and obviously with the, the radiothon today, how does that help Canusa? Well. First and foremost, it gives us the opportunity to offer um, this experience to some people that generally wouldn't be able to afford it. Um, some of our inner city uh, youth who who might not have ever crossed the border before or might not be able to take part in a, a sporting body outside of school. It gives them the opportunity to be a part of this, be a part of something. Uh, and that's, that's where we put the, the majority of it. Uh, this year is also going to be a little bit different. We're trying to facilitate getting together in a safe manner. So we've got to put some new things into place to keep uh, keep everyone safe. And, and we do have to be mindful of this, um, this COVID virus. Very much so. Greg, uh, thank you very much for the time. Uh, continued success and congrats on uh, a different year, but a successful year with Canusa. Thank you very much, Rick. It's always a pleasure talking to you. You can find out more online at canusagames.com. After 62 years of competition, Flint has the edge on Hamilton. 32 wins. Hamilton has won 26 times. Four years ended in ties. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Part of what we do on Blitz Day today is shining a spotlight and a big one at that at the many great organizations in town that do so much good for children in our community. And our next guest and next organization is no exception. Lena Bassford is from Comfort Bears and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Lena. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? Doing just great. Thank you. Tell us about Comfort Bears. Well, Comfort Bears is a fairly new program. And the uh, idea behind uh, the program is that we provide these lovely, cuddly bears uh, to children who are seriously ill or children that are 
uh, have experienced uh, severe trauma. And we partner with various uh, Hamilton and Halton and Niagara organizations who distribute the bears. And, you know, for example, for the uh, for illness, uh, we've partnered with McMaster Children's Hospital and Ronald McDonald House and the Darling uh, Home for Kids. And uh, those uh, individuals, as the children come into service, they're provided with a, a cuddly teddy bear. I understand this is a fairly new program. How did it all start? Well, it started as I was speaking with someone uh, who was uh, talking about first responders and uh, they had gone out on a very serious car accident and there were two children uh, in that accident and unfortunately only had one bear. And it just broke my heart because, you know, the teddy bear and I know it's just a teddy bear, but for a child, that teddy bear is an absolute symbol of hope and it's it's comfort for that child. And when they're going through crisis, um, it's really hard for children to be able to um, understand the the severity of what they're going uh, through right at that moment. There's sadness and there's confusion and there's pain and they're trying to grasp the experience. And, you know, that teddy bear is some is something for them to hold on to and to give them comfort. And it just broke my heart. And I thought, geez, you know, there's no coordination of, of bears and these various services around the city. So let's uh, make sure that uh, regardless, uh, there are teddy bears available for all these uh, services and children. So you mentioned you service uh, the area of Hamilton, Halton, Niagara. How many kids have received bears so far this year? Well, we've only started in October and we've already distributed 500 bears. Wow. That's, That's a lot. Our goal this year was to distribute a thousand and uh, you know, again, our program is funded through donations or one-time grants, uh, you know, such as your amazing organization. And we wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for you. So we're extremely grateful. Uh, you know, 500 bears in a couple of months, I would imagine that the sky's the limit uh, for next year. It, it, it is. And, you know, we've uh, we've partnered, as I mentioned, with McMaster, with the Darling Home for Kids, with Ronald McDonald House. And we've also partnered with uh, Halton and Hamilton Police, um, as well as the Kristen French Centre for Child Advocacy. So with the Kristen French uh, program, uh, they see approximately uh, 350 children uh, each year. And, and we're uh, committed to every one of those children receiving uh, one of our bears. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful uh, to be able to to provide that support. And, and our hope, uh, Rick, is that even for one minute, even for one split second, if this teddy bear can put a smile on the face of a child who's maybe having the worst day or the worst time of their life, then it's all worthwhile. No doubt about it. Uh, we are recognizing Comfort Bears. Our guest is Lena Basford. Comfort Bears provides bears, teddy bears, to uh, children that are combating a terminal illness and experiencing trauma. This is the Blitzday Radiothon in support of the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign and the Children's Fund. You can give where you live. Text the word DONATE to 30333. That's text the word DONATE to 30333. Um, I'm on the website, comfortbears.ca, and the bears look amazing. Where do you get them from? Uh, we uh, purchase them wholesale, and we are supported through the supplier, who also provides us a number of uh, free bears as well. And we wanted to select a bear that had various colors. And the reason for that is that 
Um, we were told at McMaster that, you know, the bears go to uh, the child with the terminal illness as well as their siblings. So the child with the illness gets one color of bear and their siblings will get the other color of bears. And they actually uh, facilitate uh, um, bonding exercise, if you will. And, you know, each of the, the siblings and the child hug those bears. And when the child passes away, and, and Rick, it's so sad that they tell me that our bears are buried with the children. That's how important these bears are to that child. Um, the other siblings, you know, will be able to keep their bear as a remembrance of, of their uh uh, loving sibling that that had passed away. Wow, that is amazing. More details online at comfortbears.ca. There's a couple of widgets where you can donate to Comfort Bears as well. Lena, thank you very much for the time. Thanks for all that you do, and good luck uh, with Comfort Bears. It's an amazing program. Thank you so much, Rick. That's Lena Basford from Comfort Bears. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. How does the Hamilton Conservation Foundation help kids in our community? Well, we're about to find out. Grace Correa is with the Hamilton Conservation Foundation and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Grace. Good morning. Well, how does uh, HCF uh, do what they do and, and help kids in our community? So we uh, fund a program uh, offered by the Hamilton Conservation Authority. It's their outdoor environmental education program that brings uh, children, uh, students from kindergarten to high school uh, to learn hands-on about the environment and whatnot. So we've had to adapt a little bit in the last couple of years uh, and very grateful for the supporters of our program that stayed with us uh, through this challenging time because uh, normally, we would bring the children to Dundas Valley, but that was not possible. Uh, so we were able to regroup and to and our and the team, the, the education staff was able to create new programming to either take to the schools, uh, virtual programming, uh, training the teachers to to do some of the hands-on things. Um, so it's a very va- valuable program. It's sometimes the only um, introduction to the environment and to the outdoors that some of those kids uh, get. Well, it's great that the Hamilton Conservation Foundation was able to pivot and still relay this important information to our children and youth about how important the environment is. What are these kids learning about? Uh, it could be anything. It, it is tied to curriculum. So they do have, so if it's a, if it's a physical education programming, then they might be uh, doing more physical activities, but they could have with the young kids, they could have scavenger hunts, uh, you know, bingos kind of thing, looking for for different items, just learning how to maintain the environment, how to how to respect it, how to treat it, those kinds of things. With the older kids, they might even be doing uh, studies, water water research, water studies uh, for the high school students. Um, so very hands-on uh, approach to what they're learning in the classroom. Now they're seeing it in action. Do you envision maybe at some point next year or in the near future where kids can be back at Dundas Valley or somewhere else just kind of you know, getting that, that extra hands-on, I guess, uh, um, instruction? We are optimistic. It's day by day, of course. You know, one day you're, something happens and it changes again. But yeah. we are optimistic <laughs> that hopefully in 2022 we will start uh, bringing some back. Uh, so that will be the uh, that's the hope that might still be a hybrid program and some schools might not come out. Uh, but our hope is that we'll start seeing uh, those field trips coming into Dundas Valley as well uh, again uh, soon uh, soon. 
Uh, Grace Correa is our guest from Hamilton Conservation Foundation. You can help out uh, the the foundation as well as many other local organizations by donating to the Christmas Tree of Hope campaign here on the Blitz Day Radiothon on 900CHML. 900CHML.com is the website to go to to donate, or you can text the word donate to 30333. Do you need any volunteers at all? Uh, not right now. Um, we do have a volunteer program through the uh, the authority side, um, but there is a sign up program through our website. So if they go look up on the website for volunteering, there'll be uh, a sign up sheet and then we send out blasts for any volunteer opportunities that we have. Could be cleanups, um, invasive species removals, plantings, all kinds of fun things with a, um, yeah with climate change top of mind for many you know uh, uh, this sort of curriculum this sort of instruction uh this program is very much important what kind of feedback are you getting from students from from teachers involved uh definitely good v- i mean that's that's one of our measures uh they keep coming back so that's a good sign uh schools uh, um do come back year after year and teachers do the programming now that we're af- offering the virtual programming we do we are getting notes uh from the students and from the teachers saying this is great we've done some hits where we'll send the kids to the school and they get these things that they can go explore in their own backyards kind of thing but uh uh, so there's excitement. Um, one of the things we do is uh, often we'll bring donors to the program and, and I always get excited because I usually take them uh, and just seeing the kids being, you know, lighting up, being outdoors. And uh, I was with a grade four class a couple of few years ago with uh, uh, doing, they were doing a scavenger hunt in Dundas Valley. And uh, one kid turns to the mother and just says, see if we did fun stuff like that when we went on hiking, I'd go out more. <laughs> Uh, so I thought it was a great compliment, and uh, and hopefully, you know, the parents kind of learn that too and say, yeah, it's not just about going for a walk. There's something that's keeping them engaged. So so our educators um, and our professional staff, professional education staff, uh, they're pointing out things in the woods and how things work, and and then they're looking for things, you know, lift the, lift the rock to see if there's something under there, and uh, they come across something, they learn about it, but it's it's in a fun way. Um, that they're also moving, so they're getting that physical side. And um, so we do get uh, positive feedback, and that's why we the demand is there for the program, so that's why we keep offering it. And as I said, we hopefully we will be able to bring them back outside. Absolutely. Grace, really appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of the way, and we'll chat uh, sometime down the road. Thank you for having me. That's Grace Correa from Hamilton Conservation Foundation. More details online at hamiltonconservationfoundation.ca. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. This is also a day where we shine a spotlight, as I've said, on uh, uh, some amazing organizations in town. One of which is Fit, Active, Beautiful, which aims to help young girls to build confidence and become strong women. Stacy Marshall is the program manager at Fit, Active, beautiful and joins us now good morning stacy how are you good morning i'm good how are you today i'm fantastic so what does fab do oh fab does some awesome fabulous things um so we work with girls in grades six seven and eight in hamilton so we have 10 locations and we teach them how to set goals using running as our vehicle so that we embed goal setting into running so that girls learn how to set goals both in our program and outside of our program as well. All right. So how is that achieved through running? Are they running a certain distance? Are they getting a number of steps in? How how are they achieving these goals? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of design our program around them working up to completing a 5K race at the end. So over 12 weeks, we build on their running skills, we build on their running form, teach them fun drills so that at the end of our program, we have a 5K race that the girls are able to complete in whatever format that looks. For some girls, it's running. For some girls, it's run walking. It's whatever combination works for them, but just working them towards setting goals so they can complete a 5K run. And all the while, they're, I guess, subconsciously building that confidence. Is that how the program works? Absolutely. Yeah, we're teaching them to live big and dream big, and we're teaching them that through setting little goals and evaluating those goals and learning to deal with the bumps along the way, because everyone has bumps in their goal setting, that they can achieve a goal at the end. And so we have a journal we use that they go through the goal setting model with us. And then at the end, they have that journal to take home. And we really inspire and empower them to think about other goals that they can do outside of program. And we've seen lots of girls do some really great things after the FAB program because they had the goal setting tools. So you're focusing on uh, girls between the ages of 11 and 14, I guess, 12 and 13, somewhere in there, grades 6, 7, and 8. Why is that a crucial period of time to, uh, you know, take these girls and start to build their confidence? Um, so there's a lot of things. Obviously, in the kind of preteen or tween area, when we first looked at building our program, there wasn't a lot of things for girls in this kind of age range. And we know that it's a, you know, it's a changing time for girls as they start to grow up and you know, develop and all those kind of things. And it's really an important time before they get to high school and things shift again. So we really wanted to kind of get in there with the girls at this age, give them skill sets before they get to high school that then they kind of have and can develop as well. And it helps. Our program is definitely designed around the five C's of positive youth development. So we want them to get confidence and competence and caring and connection and really have these skill sets as they continue on in high school and beyond. Stacey Marshall is the program manager at Fit Active Beautiful. You can help them and many other organizations by donating to the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign and the Children's Fund by texting the word donate to 30333 or going online and donating to 900CHML.com. How does the Children's Fund help Fit Active Beautiful? Um, You guys have helped us for a number of years, which is awesome, by always giving money towards our program so that then we can support more girls. Um, We can provide them with, obviously, the experiences I talked about, journals, healthy snack, being able to go to events, transportation. Those are all places that this fund has helped us for a number of years, and we're incredibly grateful. For more details, go online to fitactivebeautiful.ca. Stacey, thanks for the time today. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well, and have a wonderful day. That's Stacey Marshall, Program Manager at Fit Active Beautiful. As I said, head online. It's a great website. And uh, get girls involved. If you know someone who would uh, benefit from this program, uh, go online to fitactivebeautiful.ca. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Today is the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope Blitz Day Radiothon. As we raise funds for the Children's Fund, which has delivered more than $6 million to local children's charities in and around the Hamilton area for the last 45 years. A massive thank you to all of you who have contributed over the years, your family, your friends. Uh, It is uh, greatly appreciated, and a lot of the agencies that we are able to help uh, through the funds are able to help thousands of kids in our community, and that is what it is all about. You can donate online at 900CHML.com. It's through PayPal or CanadaHelps.org, two very easy and user-friendly applications, or grab your smartphone and 
text the word donate to 30333. That's text the word donate to 30333. Don't forget, from 3 until 7 this afternoon, Scott Thompson and guest host Jim Carrier. Yeah, Pastor Jim is back at it again as the tradition continues as we light up the CHML Christmas Tree of Hope at Gore Park. That will happen at 6 p.m. tonight. Weather-wise, looks like it's going to be cloudy and one degree at that time. It'll feel like minus two, minus three with the wind chill. So grab a toque, put on some mittens, and you'll be nice and toasty warm for the tree-letting ceremony later on this afternoon. Earlier this year, this was really cool. Cameron's Brewing teamed up with Brother Station Y108 to release a beer that helped benefit the Children's Fund. Clint Israel is from Cameron's Brewing and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Clint. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Tell us about Y108's High Frequency IPL. Well, the first start is the Children's Fund speaks exactly to the values that we should all be romanticizing these days. This idea of supporting community and supporting local, especially with COVID, has really been a, a no-brainer for all of us. So when Y108 came to us with this idea, we thought, oh, what a no-brainer. So we made this delicious beer just for them and donated proceeds right back to them. And the best part was, I got to tell you, the support from all over the province. We had our sales reps being contacted in Ottawa, in London, in Windsor, in Peterborough, of course, the Golden Horseshoe in Toronto. Everyone wanted to grab a case of this great beer and donate back to the Children's Fund. Yeah, this was a big hit, and primarily, and uh, not only because it was a fundraising effort, but because it was a tasty beer, an India Pale Lager. I mean, this is not something that you pick up off the store shelves every day. This was a unique concoction. It is a fusion hybrid beer. So you take the hops and citrus from an IPA, and you marry that with the smoothness of a lager, and you put them together, and there are very few of them on the market, and Although I'm a little bit biased, I would say the Cameron's Y108 IPL was the best one ever made. Wow, that says a lot because there's some been, <laughs> some great uh, brew coming out of Cameron's Brewing. What goes into, you know, it, it's great to, to you know, taste a beer, uh, you know, feel the different notes that are in it. Uh, what goes into making a tasty beer? Well, I will say that the science and the artisanry and the passion that goes into the creation of the beer is much more than I think people would recognize when, as you say, they take it off the shelf and they give it a sip. There's a lab, there's a full team of brewers and taste panels. So by the time a beer ends up on the shelf, it's already gone through dozens of reiterations to ensure that we're hitting all the notes that we want to hit. Clint Israel is our guest from Cameron's Brewing. They partnered up with Brother Station Y108 to release a phenomenal Y108 High Frequency IPL. That was a smash hit and raised a lot of money for the Children's Fund. So a huge thanks to all the folks at Cameron's Brewing. Um, Christmas right around the corner, just a few weeks away. We know that people are going to sit down to maybe a turkey or a ham or whatever the case is with all the trimmings. What's a good beer for a Christmas dinner? Well, what a beautiful segue. Great question. I'm going to talk specifically about a Cameron's stack pack. We have a three pack that comes with a Cameron's Jenga set, which is available in LCBOs across the province. Comes with three very unique winter beers, a double IPA, bad robot, an RPA and a Bach. Three winter delicious styles that are only available in that stack pack and only for a limited time. 
Wow, that's phenomenal. So you can really, uh, you know, have your choice of the litter in terms of what you want to pair with that meal and and, uh, desserts and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Wow, that's great. Clint, I really appreciate the time. This is a fantastic topic. I love talking beer and talking raising money for kids in our community. Thanks for the time today. Merry Christmas, and thanks for being a part of the Blitz Day Radiothon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Take care. Same to you. Clint Israel from Cameron's Brewing. You can check them out online, Cameron'sBrewing.com. And, oh, the, uh, the the samples that they have online, they look absolutely tremendous. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.